You are listening to Lighthearted, the official podcast of the United States Lighthouse Society. My name is Jeremy Dontremont. Welcome. This is a special edition of Lighthearted in honor of National Lighthouse Day, August 7th. For those who might not know, let me explain why August 7th is National Lighthouse Day. It was on this date in 1789 that the first Congress approved an act for the establishment and support of lighthouses, beacons, buoys, and public piers. In celebration of the 200th anniversary of the signing of that act and the commissioning of the first federal lighthouse, Congress passed a resolution that designated August 7, 1989 as National Lighthouse Day. National Lighthouse Day is celebrated annually by many lighthouse organizations, but Congress has not designated August 7th as National Lighthouse Day in perpetuity. If you think this would be a good idea, as I do, you might want to suggest it to your congressional delegation. Thirty years ago, on August 7th, 1989, many celebrations were held observing National Lighthouse Day at lighthouses around the United States. On that day, I attended a celebration at Portland Head Light Station in Cape Elizabeth, Maine. Not only was that gathering an observance of National Lighthouse Day, it also marked the automation of Portland Head Lighthouse and the transfer of the last two Coast Guard lightkeepers in the state of Maine, Davis Simpson and Nathan Wasserstrom, as well as the leasing of the light station property to the town of Cape Elizabeth. There were about 600 people in attendance. The U.S. Coast Guard band played, and the Nantucket lightship, LV-112, was just offshore. I videotaped the event with my trusty VHS camcorder, and I'm going to play you some audio excerpts. The first speaker was Rear Admiral Richard Rybacki of the Coast Guard. At the time, Admiral Rybacki was the commander of the 1st Coast Guard District. He retired in 1991 after 35 years of distinguished service in the Coast Guard. Here is an excerpt from his remarks. We come to mark the transition of Portland Head. We're also marking the bicentennial of the U.S. Lighthouse Service. I'd like to reflect on that and see what each of us can take away from here. I hope every member of the Coast Guard will continue the lightkeeper's tradition of vigilance and devotion to duty. And I think the town of Cape Elizabeth will continue to treasure this wonderful house and the tower. I want every lighthouse lover to leave here with the assurance that the Coast Guard is committed to preserving America's lighthouses. Senator George Mitchell of Maine was one of the speakers that day. Senator Mitchell at the time was the Senate Majority Leader, and he had represented Maine in the Senate since 1980. Here is a brief excerpt from his remarks. It's particularly significant that we here in Maine recognize the heritage of our connection to the sea that these lighthouses represent. The Maine character is often defined as independent, that it is, strong, and that it is, and hardy, and that it is. And all of those are symbolized by the lighthouses, more than 60 of them which dot our coast. Although no one state can call itself the official lighthouse state, I believe not being objective, <laughs> that Maine can properly lay claim to that title. 
The keynote speaker at that event, 1989, was the historian F. Ross Holland. Holland was born in Savannah, Georgia. He worked for many years with the National Park Service. He received both the Meritorious Service Award and the Distinguished Service Award from the Department of the Interior. He was one of the most important historians of American lighthouses. He wrote several books about them and spent much of his career working for their preservation. Here is part of F. Ross Holland's speech from that event in 1989. There is no question lighthouses have come a long way since 1789, and the, <clears throat> the system expanded and, in, and evolved as navigational needs required, and the United States today ranks with the uh, nation's leading nations in providing aids to navigation. Along the way, lighthouses picked up a nation of devotees. Americans love lighthouses. Artists and photographers find them picturesque. The dreamer finds them romantic. The boaters find them comforting. The navigator finds them helpful. The shore walker finds them peaceful. The historic preservationist uh, feels they make a statement about a period of time. The historian is fascinated with the human and technological story they embody. And the idealist is drawn to them because they symbolize man's humanity to man. Americans generally like and respect their historic structures, but it seems to me there's a special place in their heart they reserve for lighthouses. Thank you. While we're thinking about the automation of lighthouses, I want to play you one more audio file today. This one is from 1996. It's a recording of Connie Small. I know that some listeners have read Connie Small's book, The Lighthouse Keeper's Wife. It's a classic book about lighthouse life in New England in the first half of the 20th century. Connie Small and her husband, Elson, lived on offshore lighthouses off the Maine coast from 1920 to 1946, then finished their career at Portsmouth Harbor Light Station in New Hampshire from 1946 to 48. Connie wrote her book when she was 85, and I was lucky enough to know her when she was in her 90s. She died at 103 in 2005. In the clip I'm going to play, recorded when Connie was 96, she's talking about having electricity for the first time when she and Elson moved to Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse in 1946. It was something they had been looking forward to, but also sort of a letdown in a way. Here's Connie. We always look forward to electricity, of course, and the first electricity was when we came to Portsmouth Harbor. Mm -hmm. And, of course, he said, well, we'll go up and light the, the light. So we went up and finally he said, press the button, and I pressed the button, and I no no more feeling, and I've got to put it right now. Mm -hmm. And I thought, what has happened? What is the reason? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I went down to the kitchen, sat down, began to think about it. What in the world, why wasn't I, when we looked forward to it as a big thing, then I realized, we had to give 20 minutes of ourselves to light that light. Mm -hmm. And we had put part of us into it. And that made it something. But just to press a button, that was nothing. <laughs> you see what I mean? And so that's my first. But when I went back and went in the house and saw what I could do, we went on an electric binge and <laughs> bought everything we could electric. I always love sharing recordings of Connie because she was such a sweet person. But what she's saying there also illustrates a point. 
As we make strides with technology, we often lose things along the way. And as we electrified and automated lighthouses, we lost the resident keepers who devoted themselves to their care on a daily basis. And that's why we have nonprofit organizations and other entities that are now caring for the lighthouses, all of which need your help and support. If you care about lighthouses, please volunteer or donate to a lighthouse organization. Every minute of volunteer time and every dollar donated is appreciated and is a huge help. I want to end this special edition of Lighthearted with the last stanza of a classic lighthouse poem, The Lighthouse Keeper Wonders by Edgar Guest. In the poem, Guest's fictional lighthouse keeper is facing retirement when his lighthouse is automated. Here are the lines. It's strange for a lighthouse man like me, after 40 years on shore to be, and I wonder now, will the grass stay green? Will the brass stay bright and the windows clean? And will ever that automatic thing plant marigolds in early spring? I don't think the questions Edgar Guest asked in his poem have been answered yet. It's up to each one of us to keep the brass bright, the grass green, and the windows clean. And while we're at it, why not plant some marigolds? Thanks for listening, and keep a good light.